You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hi, everyone. I am Martina Cunha, and you are listening to Backstage Talk. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Backstage Talk. Today's guest... I am thrilled to introduce you to Katherine Olson. Kathy is the founder of Encompass Arts. She is also a performer. She has a Bachelor of Music and a Master's Degree in Piano Performance. She worked with several opera companies throughout the United States and Europe. And right now, she is working as an artist manager at her company, Encompass Arts. There, they strive to be a platform for artists to showcase their talents and connect with the entities in need of professional performer arts talent. They represent artists on Broadway, on film, the stage, and operatic talent. Kathy, thank you so much. I am honored. Welcome to Backstage Talk. Thank you so much for having me. My goodness, I... I'm I'm almost exhausted listening to you read my resume. It's so funny. I'm going, oh, I'm so tired now. I think I need a nap before all that. But anyway, thank you so much for having me. We were we were just chatting, Martin, about how COVID has kind of united the world. You know, it's made us all one kind of big family in live stage because everybody was dark. You know, every single entity all over the world hasn't been performing, and now we're all back to work, which is so great. You know, I mean, the only companies that did not close down, at least in the United States, were film and television. And they, you know, took your temperature every 15 seconds and, you know, made sure people were vaccinated and they kept going. I mean, we had one network show that we booked a couple of artists on that had to delay. They didn't close down, but one of the crew actually had uh, tested positive positively. So they did shut down for like, I don't know, 10 days. And then mm-hmm. they were back to work. But everything in film, TV, and, you know, the movies went on as planned, which is so great. But our poor Broadway artists and our tour artists and all those people were just, you know, 20 months of doing nothing. You know, it's been very, it's been challenging, but it's, it's great to be here today. And it's great to talk to you from across the world. <laughs> Yes, thank you so much. So, yeah. Kathy, my first question for you would be, what made you choose the thespian path in life? 
Well, you know, I always played the piano. My, I come from a family of pianists. My grandmother played the piano. My, all my sisters, my sister's a jazz pianist. She's a great pianist. So we always played. It was just part of our, it's like some families sing, our families play the piano. So I did that from, you know, a little child. I always played the piano. And so I learned to sight read pretty well. So I started playing for singers. And that was so much fun because singers love to talk and eat and laugh. And, you know, they're just very oral, fun people. So I loved working with singers. And that was kind of my introduction into performing arts was playing for opera, playing for, you know, I played voice lessons at Juilliard School when I was young. You know, just just playing and making music with people was so, you know, fun. And, you know, I, I'm a people person. I like to laugh and talk and eat and enjoy life. And that was, that career made me happy. And I did that for many, many years. I only became an artist manager in 2006. So I haven't been doing this all that many years, actually. And yet you have represented a lot of big names on Broadway, on film, on TV, and that is amazing. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about this journey in the industry from being a pianist, being a performer, then going through coaching, and finally landing in artist management. Sure, yeah, great. I was playing the piano for a summer program, and one of the artists in that program I've told him, I think you should go here. I think you should do this. And he said, well, why don't you just manage me? And I thought, hmm, I've always kind of done that. You know, you have a crossroads in your life. You go, I could go here or I could go there. And I thought, well, I've always kind of managed people because I recommended them for jobs and this and that. So I took him on and it sounds like a fairy tale story, but he got a call from Martin Scorsese. Our office got a call. Would you come in for this new show on HBO called Boardwalk Empire? Well, he went in and his wife is a lawyer. She's an attorney. She's very, as I'm a musician brain, she's very much the other, the other world, you know, you understand what that is. So she went to the audition with him and she was convinced that the person that went in before him got the job because they're both sitting in the office and, you know, the guy that's auditions before our artist is in there for 45 minutes and it's very quiet. And she thinks, so well, that's it. You know, they're signing the contract. Well, my artist is this crazy flamboyant guy. So he goes in for Martin Scorsese. And the first thing he does is do an imitation of Martin Scorsese. So they're <laughs> laughing so loudly and screaming and telling jokes. And uh, his wife could hear this. She's convinced that, you know, he's not going to get the job. So he leaves the audition. They call us and they say, Wednesday night, we'll let you know. So like every old person in the world, I'm watching the evening news at 630 that night. And, and they called us and they said, well, Anthony has booked uh, Eddie Kessler on Boardwalk Empire. And that was kind of life changing for me is with film and television, because then we had somebody in a series regular in an HBO show. So I got to meet all these great people, Steve Buscemi and James Gandolfini and all these great people that were involved in HBO and that process. So once once you kind of have an end with one casting group, it leads, you know, to another. And it's, you know, this Martin very well, even at your young, tender age, it's about relationships, the whole business, you know, now I know you. So it's, it's all about relationships and being good to each other. So he was my first 
real client. And that kind of evolved from that. And the musical theater people just came to us because my daughter and I uh, did Bess Lerman's Slob Wim on Broadway together. So we knew a lot of people in the Baz scape, in the Baz world. <laughs> I like to say we are Baz, Bazdas because we, we worshiped him and he's such a genius. You know, we love Baz Lerman and I'm so thrilled that Moulin Rouge is on Broadway again, you know, they came back. So that's great news. So that's kind of how we did the Broadway aspect of it. And classical music has always been my life. That's where I started. I knew lots of opera people. So I, we've always had that side of our business. So I love it. And what was your first experience with, with Broadway shows besides this uh, Bass Lerman show? That was the first one I was involved with because he did La Boheme on Broadway. So that really was in my wheelhouse. You know, I knew La Boheme. I knew the language. I knew who could sing it, who couldn't sing it. So uh, you asked me about how, you know, uh, Broadway shows cast. And it's interesting because if somebody has to sing and act, they bring you in 12 times. I mean, you audition and first you do a screening audition for usually a very young person, like an intern and they go, yes, no, yes, no. And then you come back and probably do another audition for an intern, maybe a different intern. And then finally, when you've come in so many times, you think, oh, they, I don't know why I'm doing this again. You get to come in for the full creative team. Now that's magic words. I, as an artist manager, always say, okay, you have to show up because it's the full creative. So you always want to appear when you get that call. So then you go in and everyone's there, the music person, you know, in our case, Baz Luhrmann was there for the final audition. So, you know, he'd play the scenes with people and he'd talk to them and try to see what the chemistry was. So, you know, I was basically four of us cast that La Boheme on Broadway. It, it was, we were the two music people, the conductor and I, Konstantin Kitsopoulos. And Baz and his assistant did the dramatic part. And, you know, we came up with some pretty fantastic people. I mean, Alfie Bow, who's a British pop star, was one of our tenors. And David Miller, who's in Il, Il Divo, was another one of our tenors. And uh, our, um, Jesus Garcia is on my roster. So I now I still represent him all these many years later. So he was our third tenor. So we we came up with some pretty talented people for that show. But I mean, I felt I've always been up with Broadway. My uh, my uncle is John Cullum and he's a two time Tony Award winner. And, you know, I've always loved, you know, all the shows he did. Shenandoah on the 20th century, all the big shows. So I'm a real you know, I'm a club member of Broadway. I'm so thrilled that they're all back to work. You know, it's just it's exciting for us. I love it. I love it all. All the stories, the memories. And you oh, mentioned yeah. my next question. Of <laughs> what's the casting process for a Broadway show? Like from day one? Well, you know what? It, you go through a lot. My, uh, my associate, who also happens to be my daughter, actually submits all day. We call her the submitter-in-chief. She submits uh, all the artists through two different platforms. One is called Cast of Talent, and the other is called Breakdowns, which are which is Actors Access. And basically, she reads, okay, we're looking for a very good-looking guy from Bogota, Colombia with blue hair. Oh, we have someone. You know what I mean? It's it, That's that's how specific they can be. You know, we've, so... We put in our selects and our 
casting directors look at them and go, oh, I think he's interesting. I think he's right. And then now, you know, we're in the advent of Zoom. Everybody has Zoomed everything. <laughs> you better have a great lighting setup in your apartment or in your house because, you know, Zooming is going to be with us for a while. Yeah. Because in New York City, you know, you go in an office and it's a teeny apartment and you're cramped and you're sitting there with nine or 10 people who look exactly like you and, you know, you're nervous and everything and maybe you don't do your best. But when they ask you to tape your audition, you know, you can do it at your leisure. And if you're singing, you can get a drink of water and you can be more comfortable. But, yeah. you know, that's that's the great part of all this Zoom stuff. And a casting, you know, person can watch these on their smartphone. Excuse my barking dog. <laughs> <laughs> this proves we're live. My dog is singing to us. I love it. <laughs> so that's the process, basically. I mean, you know, eventually you do get you do get to go in for someone live. But, you know, our artists that are on Broadway now are just, you know, everybody's coming back with such an, a grateful attitude because it was just ripped away. I mean, on March 15th, they just shut everything down. And, you know, we have so many exciting projects coming up. One of our Conductors is conducting the new Bob Fosse musical, Dancing, that mm -hmm. his daughter is going to direct. I mean, it's, there's just so many good things that are coming in, thankfully, finally. But, you know, we're we're excited. You know, the theater is our church, us performer types. You know, we just we're so excited we can get back to church. And that's how we all feel. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so once you submit all your performers to these two platforms you uh, send a pre-screener or a self-tape when someone when the creative team gets interested in one of your performers what happens then they call them what? in and do some uh, acting work with them yeah or? they've they've recently been doing live zooms so they just get they sit in their office or they sit in their home and they do basically what you and i are doing right now and you really get a feel for the person i mean you know we've even <laughs> we've even had dance auditions like this we've even had people do dance callbacks in on zoom so You know, like I say, all performers need to get very comfortable with the camera because you get, it's it's just what you're going to do. It's your reality going forward, I think. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I've done a couple of self-tapes and it's been... The, the very first take is super awkward and super <laughs> yeah. funny, but yeah. then you, you kind of get a grip with with doing them. Yeah, it's it's we have people that do both, you know, and if you're a live stage performer, everything is so big. So you have to say, you know, if you raise your eyebrow in film and television, it's huge. So you have to just really, you know, take everything and really play down for the cameras. You know, it's it's so funny to hear people that, you know, are used to making big choices that have to just be really subtle. And that's that's the biggest thing. But, you know, like I said, there are a few there are a few live things going on now. So they're going back a little bit into studios, but you know, New York has been very careful and very safe. So luckily I think we're 85% vaccinated now. So we're, That's we're getting great. back. I know, I know we're getting back to, back to normal, whatever normal is. <laughs> yeah. Whatever new normal is. Yeah. Whatever normal is. I think we're getting back to that. Yeah. Okay. So what are some of those challenges you have faced as an artist manager? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, the biggest the biggest problem for all of us has been COVID, you know, because, you know, even now that we're coming back and we get people these juicy auditions and we call them, they're like, I'm terrified. I haven't sung for anybody in 22 months. You know, they're just like, what do I do? How do I do this again? You know, people, you get in a routine, as as you know, because you're a performer and you do three or four auditions a week or five auditions a week. So it's just, it's just another day. Well, if you haven't done it in months and months, you think, oh, you know, am I any good? Can I still do this? You know, it's all that stuff. So I've, I've been, instead of just being a, ma- a manager, I've been a bit of a psychiatrist recently to just say, you know, you can do this. It's just going to be great. Everyone else has been off from work for 15 or 20 months too. So that's, that's another thing when you, you know, when you figure that out, you sort of, you know, you can go back into it. But that's that's been the biggest challenge for me personally. And also, you know, just dealing with people with a lot of sickness in, you know, in their families. It's been very hard. You know, a lot of people have been ill and it's been a kind of a sorrowful time. But like I said, we're we're coming back and we're getting our tour schedules and we're just it's an exciting time. And people people send me selfies after they do their auditions, you know, which is so cute. They're, they're post audition selfies and they look so great because they're so happy they did their audition. You know, I'm done. It's, it's always a joyful picture, you know. And uh, so it's it's coming back. But that's been the COVID to me has been the hardest the hardest challenge as an artist manager, because we, we love to work, you know, and you guys love to work too, because you, you, you know, as performers, you, part of you is missing if you can't sing or you can't act or you can't do what it is that you love to do. I just, I, I would die every time I got a selfie from a performer that just went into the audition room. It would be so, so gratifying. It is. It really is. You know, we started doing it. It was kind of fun. And we posted on Instagram and, and Facebook and stuff. And people are like, you know, you haven't posted very many uh, post audition selfies lately. And, and, you know, people make them funny. They'll like shoot the peace sign or they'll go, you know, I was OK. Or they'll do they'll make them funny, you know, funny faces and stuff. So it's really it's really great. I mean, you know the energy in Encompass Arts is wonderful because we really are a family and so many of our artists, if they can't do an engagement, they'll say, well, you know, so-and-so is perfect for this and I'm going to recommend them, you know, so they'll take another one of our actors or singers and say, you know, they'd be so good in this and I can't do it. So I'm going to recommend them. And that's, you know, the well-being part of it has been great. And actually, Martin, you know, the artist managers have gotten closer to each other because we've had, you know, free time to kind of get to know each other. So that's kind of been good in a way, if you can find a silver lining and all this, you know, sorrow is weak. We're kinder to each other, I think. And that is great. I mean, that is something that needs to change across the industry. Yeah. On every, every environment of our industry, we need to be a a little, no, way more kinder to each yes, other. Yes, it's true. It's true. I, I was in New York for 9-11 and I remember how normal it felt when the cab started blowing the horn again. I thought, because for a while, New York was just quiet. You know, no, everybody was trying to be so polite and, you know, everybody was quiet. And then suddenly the city came back and then people were their normal selves. And I went, oh, that just feels normal again. And that's that's how I'm feeling post COVID, you know, things, things are starting to happen. And, you know, everybody has suffered, you know, the, the 
theaters have suffered, the presenters have suffered. So it's like I said, you know, earlier, it, it's brought the world together. And, you know, we're kind of a united front now, which, which is great in many ways. Yes. So what are some pieces of advice you would give someone that wants to go specifically into artist management? Well, they should save their money because you're not going to make money for the first couple of years. You know, I have I have these young people that want to intern with us. And I always say, you know, if you really want to do this, you've got to have an other plan of action. So you have, you know, money to take, you know, to do your habit, because it really takes two or three years to get to be a known entity, you know, for your phone to start ringing and people to want your artist. I don't, you know, no matter how wonderful your artists are, that's, that's my number one piece of advice because it takes a while. It's not a quick, if you want a lot of money fast, I guess go sell real estate. That seems to be, that seems to be the thing, but doing what we do, you don't make money fast. And secondly, have a couple of mentors, have somebody that you really look up to in the business and ask them questions. And, you know, I have the most amazing mentors in my, you know, arsenal of people and connections. And I go to them all the time, you know, because we get contracts that sometimes are so complicated that you would have to have, you know, 10 law degrees to read them. And I'll reach out to my attorney and to other people and say, help me, you know, and always I tell my daughter this every day. I say the strongest three words in the English language are, I don't know. Yeah. Always say you don't know something because there's always going to be a term or a provision in a contract that you don't, that you just don't know. And, you know, those are the big, those are kind of the big three things because it takes patience and you have to love performers. You know, you have to love the artist because, you know, on the good days, everything's great. It's like a marriage. And on the bad days, you know, things cannot be so great. So you, you, you love them when they fail even more than you love them when they succeed, because, you know, you've got to be their person. You know, I always tell, tell young artists, particularly, I said, surround yourself with two or three people who will always tell you the truth and who will love you no matter what. You know, those are your people because you can get advice, particularly in New York. I don't know if it's like this in Colombia either, but in New York, everybody will, you know, tell you something, give you some advice. But you have to surround yourself with those people you can know and trust. And hopefully your manager is one of those people, you know, so long relationships and trusting and kind and goodness. But artists, it's a great field. I would encourage everybody that was interested to do it. But like I said, there are some lean times there until you start really making money. So that was that would be my biggest advice. I love it, Kathy. I, I loved, I've loved this conversation so much. Oh, good. Me too, me too. So I have one last question before we sure. wrap up. Sure. What's your top five favorite musical theater shows? Well, I tell you, that's a great question because uh, right now there's so, there's so much good stuff. 
I would tell everyone, go out and see Moulin Rouge. It's outrageously wonderful and great. I love all the old ones. I mean, I love Chorus Line. I love Cabaret. I love Chicago. You know, I even, I love all the Andrew Lloyd Webber stuff. I like the old stuff. But there's a lot of great new properties coming in. So come to New York City. We're safe. We're vaccinated. And see the shows because they're great. See Lehman Trilogy. We have an artist in it. It's a great, great show. So come to the city and see all the wonderful things because you will not regret it. I love it. Kathy, where can people find you, contact you? What are your social media platforms that you use if someone wants to be part of your um, of your portfolio of performers? Sure. Our website is www.encompassarts.com. Dot com. So take a look at our website. All of my contact is on there. And I would love to hear from people. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on all social media. So yeah, I'd love that. Thank you so much. It's been a wonderful conversation. I am super happy. And listeners, you know, if you want to get Yeah, if you want to get a manager in New York, uh, reach out to Kathy, to her daughter, and we will see you on a stage, hopefully soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of Backstage Talk. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Backstage Talk Podcast. Hey, it's Leslie Udom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.